Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us about the importance of God's covenant of the rainbow to us and why it's so important to God, too. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Then God speaks of the covenant as very personal. He said, this is a covenant which I make between me and you, Noah. The rainbow is a memorial of how God said he would never again make the waters of flood to destroy all flesh. Well, that's the place, that's the time where the greatest wrath of God was poured out. And that was the place and the time where the greatest mercy of God was shown. That's Calvary. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our expository study of the life of Noah in the book of Genesis. Isaiah 53, 9, he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. So God the Father laid on him the iniquity of every single one of us here and every single one of us in the world. And then what happened? God saw all the sin of all men focused, focused like a magnifying glass focuses the light to this heat. Focus now on one person. God saw every evil intention, every evil thought that was ever thought by every person, every evil word that was ever said by every person, every evil act that was ever done by every person. God saw it all, all these these evil intentions and thoughts and words and acts, and it was all now focused on one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of those things are the things that angered God. And so now everything that has ever angered God, that has ever brought out the wrath of God, is now focused on one person, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And then God decides to pour out his wrath, to pour out his judgment on all that sin now focused on one person as it says in Isaiah 53:10 it pleased the lord to bruise him he hath put him to grief and that one word bruised is very important because we see that from that word that god poured out his greatest wrath and anger of all time on sin now focused on one person with the word bruised That's the meaning of Isaiah 53, 5, when it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment was on him. And with his stripes we are healed. So in that wounding, in that bruising, in that beating, God poured out his wrath in the greatest display on one person. As it says in Isaiah 53, 12, He bore the sin of many. And that great wrath, God had the greatest remembering of mercy, where it says, as we've spoken about this morning in Breaking of the Bread, in Isaiah 53, 11, it says he justified many. At that time, the process of it all resulted in he justified many. Isaiah 53, 12 says he made intercession for the transgressor. So at the cross was God's greatest wrath for sin, and it was his greatest mercy to save sinners. And he loves to be reminded of that, just like with the rainbow. He loves to have a memorial that celebrates this. 
And it, because when he sees that, it makes him very happy. That carries us, this idea of the rainbow and this idea of the memorial carries us then to 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 26, which is the passage for the breaking of bread. And said, when he'd given thanks, he break in and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this is the cup of the New Testament on blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance, memorial, token of me. For as often as you drink this blood and drink this cup, you do show forth. You cause to remember the Lord's death till he come. So some call it the Lord's Supper, some call it communion. But how do, is communion or the Lord's Supper viewed? And uh, maybe sometimes, you know, we come out of that service, that time, and we say to ourselves, I really didn't get anything out of that service at that time. That's not the issue. Because just as much as the rainbow was a reminder for man, God made it very clear in this passage, it was a reminder for God. And it brought him pleasure to think again and be brought back again to the time when he said, I won't destroy all flesh with the water anymore. And so the Lord's Supper is a reminder for God, and it brings him pleasure for him to see this memorial as he thinks about it again. So as a matter of fact, when we have a service like that, we're making a rainbow for God. And we can picture God saying the words of Genesis 9.16 when he said, I will look upon it, as he said about the rainbow, this could be said about the breaking of bread, I will look upon it and I will remember the everlasting covenant, the everlasting covenant of the gospel. He'll save man by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us, as we come to that service, to be a rainbow that he can look on and have pleasant memories by, as we keep the Lord's Supper by being brought back to a place. There's something else that God likes to be reminded of as well for him to think. On And that's found in Malachi 3.16. And there it says that they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. So let me just rephrase that. The Lord that fe- the, they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. They gathered together. They did not forsake the assembling of themselves together. They that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. So when you and I speak admirably about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord listens and he orders that our conversations be written down as a remembrance for him in a book so that he can later go and look on that book and read it and remember what we said. That brings him pleasure. And God wants us, in this case, also to be a rainbow for him, so that he can hear our conversations when we speak admirably about the Lord Jesus Christ, look on those and have pleasant memories. And there's something else that God likes to be reminded of and for him to think about. And that's found in Exodus 28, 12 and 28, 29. Those two verses. So first of all, this is speaking about the clothing of the high priest. And it says in Exodus 28, 12, And thou shalt put two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for memorial. 
Now we know that these two stones had engraved six and six, the six, the twelve, the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. So that's what it means when it says this is a memorial to the children of Israel. And then the other verse in Exodus, same chapter, verse 29, it says, And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. And when he goeth in unto the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. God wants to always be reminded of the Jewish people. He wanted the priest's shoulder pieces and the breastplate to have the names of the tribes of the Jewish people engraved on them, as he said, for a memorial before the Lord continually. Are the Jewish people so close to God? Far from it. <laughs> Are they far from God? What did Mildred said, you betcha, something like that. Yes. <laughs> so, do the Jewish people despise, have they been, as Tim mentioned earlier this morning, are they characterized by being those that despise and reject the Lord Jesus Christ today? Yes. But what brings God great pleasure is to be reminded of them. When we remind him of the Jewish people by asking God to protect them, when we remind him of the Jewish people by asking God to save them, to bring them to repentance, when we remind him of the Jewish people and how in their future they will show the glory of God, then we become a rainbow again. And that rainbow God looks on and it brings pleasant memories by being reminded of what he is going to do for the Jewish people. And that's why he said in Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. question is, what are those watchmen doing? Which shall never hold their peace day and night. So they're speaking day and night. You that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. So they're not silent, those watchmen. And give him no rest. And what are they saying? And why are they not silent? Till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So God has put watchmen, he calls them watchmen on the walls, to be rainbows for him that continually speak to him and ask him, Lord, this enough of this sin, enough of this rejection, enough of this despisal. Lord, break, make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Establish it, do it. And so the rainbow, it's to be for God that we do these things. That's why I call it ministry to the Lord. It's not just for us. But the rainbow is not only to be for God, to look on and be reminded of. It's for us too. It's for us as well. And God puts the rainbow in the sky so that we can see it. He didn't have to put it in the sky for him to see it, but he put it in the sky for us to see as well, to remind us of God's mercy and his love and his care for us, even in the times when we're, well, (laughs) right after that great wrath, when he destroyed the whole earth, there was a little bit of a memorial, a little bit of that also, you know, dead bodies, who knows, all over, and then there comes the rainbow, see? So right in the midst of wrath, he remembered mercy. And that happens to us in our lives as well. You know, just this last Thursday, we had gone to the imaging center so I could have the MRI to check for the cancer. And I just had an MRI 10 weeks ago, and it's cancer-free. So they ran the MRI, and they give us the report. And we're in the car, and we're looking at the report. And there it says... They found a three-centimeter lesion on my spleen. That's not a good thing. 
So, and it had rained, and you remember Thursday, and we we're driving home, and you know, and then now the engagement is coming, and oh, you know, what's the next do? What do we do next? And the what ifs, and where do we go? The, the pet CT, how fast can we get the pet CT? So, you know, all this discussion. I do two things when I get uh, anxious I talk a lot, and I eat a lot. But, <laughs> but I've gotten great victory over it, as you can see from my body weight. <laughs> Anyway, that's <laughs> what's happening. So there on the right side of the road, in a valley, was one end of a beautiful rainbow. And it stretched over the road. And it went over on the left side, uh, the, on the other side. And so we were heading right under it. And Cheryl, she says, look, there's a rainbow. So what does Tom do? He says, why are you bothering me with this? <laughs> we're talking about what to do next and plants. And I thought, says, okay, very nice color in the sky. Okay, now let's get back to the what ifs and the next to do. And I just kept talking. Well, Cheryl is very perceptive to when she's being brushed off. And so, <laughs> seeing that the rainbow was not meaning anything to me, she says, Tom, she says, isn't it nice that the Lord brought us the rainbow at this time? Now, whenever she says Tom, that's the other thing I've learned. The other thing is this Tom, that means I should stop and listen. I've learned that as a general rule in life. So I did that. And, uh, and I stopped and thought about it. And the impact of this statement here in Genesis 9.14, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And it really had an impact. I stopped and I just prayed, Lord, I, Lord Jesus, I worship you. Very simple. Remembering the meaning of the rainbow just made everything just sort of become calm and in place and peaceful. That's the reminder of God's love and his mercy, and he'll take care of you. So the meaning of the rainbow, the rainbow has like words associated with it, and these are these words in Genesis 13, 9, 13 through 15, where he says, I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token, the covenant. Come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen. And I'll remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. See, those are the words. So the rainbow is God's beautiful plaque in the sky. And that plaque reads, The waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. So the rainbow tells us of God's reluctance to judge and harm any man. And the rainbow tells us of God's desire to do good and to save all men. But the rainbows are, rainbows are seen all the time. And most of the time, all that's seen is just beautiful colors in the sky. That's nice. But because God's plaque that's associated with the rainbow is very rarely red that's in the sky. The words that we just talked about, because they're not heard. They're not hearkened. Why? That brings up the broader question of why God's words are rarely heard during a time of trouble. Now, there was a particular time in the history of the Jewish people that gives us the answer to this question, why are God's words so rarely heard when they need to be heard? And that verse was actually quoted this morning in the breaking of bread by Brother Jacob, and where Moses had just been sent by God from Midian to rescue the Jewish people from the Egyptians, to redeem them out of Egypt to God. And Moses had gone to Pharaoh and told him that God had ordered him 
to let God's people go, and Pharaoh didn't respond very nicely. As a matter of fact, he then ordered that the Jewish people were not to be given any straw to make bricks. And that new situation brought a lot of anxiety to the Jewish people. So God saw that, so God told Moses, bring a special word, a word of promise, a word of encouragement to the Jewish people. Turn to that in Exodus chapter 6, which is where uh, we were directed this morning. Exodus chapter 6, and verses 6 through 8. Here's the special word that God told Moses, you bring this word from me. You be the postman, Moses. Exodus 6, 6 and 8 through 8. And so here's what it says. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, this is, remember, remember, this is God's instructions to Moses. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, say to the Jewish people, I am the Lord, and I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you out from their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. I will take you for me to a people. I will be to you a God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land, concerning the which I did swear to give Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I will give it you for a heritage. I am the Lord. Boy, those are, that's quite a message, huh? That's a special message from God to the Jewish people at that time. Those were wonderful words of promise, wonderful words of encouragement. And God essentially gave eight points. He's saying to the Jewish people, if you're taking notes, put down eight points. He said, point number one. He said, for your need for a powerful deliverer. Point number one, I am the Lord. Point number two, for your need to no longer be under slavery to the work of the Egyptians. Point number two, verse six, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And so you just know how important it is to me. I didn't say I'm going to ask some angel to do it. He said, I'm going to do it myself. I will bring you out. Point number three, for your need to be forever free from any part of the work of slavery in Egypt, verse six, I will rid you out of their bondage. Dad, Today you continue to emphasize how God remembered his covenant with Noah. Now to help our listeners get a takeaway message from today's study, what is it that we should remember as believers? Well, there are three points that are very important for us to remember from today's study. The first one was brought out in the scripture, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 26. And this is the point that we should remember the Lord Jesus Christ in his death. That's where it said, and when he had given thanks, he break it, that's the bread, and said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. See, twice in this passage, he, he uses this phrase, do this in remembrance of me. And then at the end there, he specifically says, it's the Lord's death that, that we are to remember. So very important that we should not forget is the Lord Jesus Christ in his death, is the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, let's face it, the the 
the crucifixion with all of its goriness and its horribleness and its suffering and its passion and its just terribleness, we want to forget. That's our natural inclination. We want to forget that. Let's go beyond that. That was terrible. We don't like to think of God becoming a man and suffering and being tortured so much. We don't like to think about that. But the Lord Jesus Christ says, anchor yourselves back to that thought. Set your anchor in the the anchor of your mind in that in that scene and remember remember never forget how the lord jesus christ as god became a man and died for your sins died the horrible death he said this is my body it's broken for you and never forget that this he says this cup let it rem- remind you this cup of the blood, my blood, which is which is the blood as he called as the New Testament in my blood, the new covenant in my blood. The old covenant was the covenant of works. It was the Torah covenant. It was the law covenant. It was the this do and live. Everybody failed in that covenant because everyone is a sinner. So therefore, everyone needs the new covenant, which is the mercy covenant, which is described as the new covenant in my blood. And he said, that you should take the cup and remember this new covenant in his blood, that it took the price of his blood to, to pay for that. Now, the next thing, or rather, before I go on, I want to say this. Paul emphasized this when he said in 1 Corinthians 2, 2, for I determined to not owe anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So Paul was saying, when I come together with you, the topic of my conversation with you is going to be Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now that brings us to the next point that we should remember brought out in today's study, which is Malachi three sixteen. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and they and that thought upon his name. See, this is the point that we should remember. We should remember that our conversations are being recorded, that what we speak about is being recorded in heaven. And we want to, so, you know, it, 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 we, we can say, but it's always going to be true. Let the record be clear. The record is clear. So we want to have a good record. That means that when we speak to fellow believers, don't let the conversation degrade to the mundane, degrade to the worldly, degrade to the, did you see that last television program? And Oh, but he says, speak about the Lord. Think upon his name. That name, the Lord Jesus Christ is his name. The first part of that, the Lord, the fact that he's God. Talk about that, not just as a as a sterile religious doctrine that you put away in a statement of faith. We believe in the deity of Christ. But you talk about it. Talk about the wonder of it all, that God became a man. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about Jesus the fact that his name means salvation. He did that to save us from our sins. Talk about that he's the Christ, the Messiah sent by God. So remember, our conversations are being recorded. And the third thing to remember is Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which will never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Give him no rest till he established, till he make Jerusalem a 
praise on the earth. Remember the lost Jewish people. Remember God's people are lost and don't give them any rest. Continue to pray for Israel. Continue to pray for the lost Jewish people. Continue, 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 because Paul said in Romans 9, 1 through 4, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and a continual sorrow in my heart. Why? For the Jewish people. So the three things that we need to remember from today's study is, number one, Remember the Lord Jesus Christ in his death. Number two, remember our conversations are being recorded. And number three, remember the lost Jewish people. Thank you for joining us today. Now, God gave Noah a covenant, but he also gave Abraham a covenant too. And he still loves the Jewish people. And he still loves his lost nation of Jewish brethren and wants them to be reached. Now, if you have a Jewish friend or know of a Jewish person that needs to be reached with the gospel, Israel Restoration Ministries wants to help you to reach them by sending you a Tom Cantor DVD and booklet to put into their hands or sending it directly to them so that they can know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Now, you can call us today and we'll send you a free gift at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Once again, it's 1-800-247-3051. 3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org. You can fill out the online form for that free gift. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Fill out the online form or 1-800-247-3051. Reach your lost Jewish friend. Now, one of the other options that we do have for you is our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org and israelrestoration.org. Some great resources on there, especially for those that are Jewish and are atheistic or even Gentiles that are atheistic. Tom Cantor's got a great testimony booklet about how a Jew became a scientific creationist. As you know, Tom Cantor's a scientist, and this 48-page booklet is a power-packed testimony of how science supports the biblical truth of creationism. And this true story of Tom Cantor and his search for the truth of God and how the Creator was easily seen in science and the Bible is a very popular evangelistic tool for Jewish people and Gentiles, especially those that are of an atheistic nature. So go to friendshipwithgod.org, go to our online resource center, and order it today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow.